0: Welcome to the fifth Amazing Race Canada five podcast for reality TV warriors. I'm Logan Saunders, and join me as ever is the guy who is always doing NSYNC, Michael Harmstone. But which member of NSYNC? Uh well, let's see. Lance Bass used to date uh, Riken or yeah, Raiken from uh, Amazing Race four. So I'm gonna say you're doing Chris Kirkpatrick. Gutsy choice. Because <laughs> that's who everyone clamours over is Chris Kirkpatrick
1: what a weird way to start the podcast <laughs> <laughs> oh, and finally we have a real episode to talk about
0: a good episode to talk about
1: yeah a, a pretty good episode to talk about
0: it's it's you know I never knew that the gay couple would be the team. To win their first leg of the season, when in sync, when an ins- when a task was called in sync uh, in the episode, that just that just surprised me so much.
1: And there's actually a genuine surprise at the end when they say, "Oh yeah, we're going to Bangkok."
0: Yeah, no one knew that online.
1: Yeah, because my reaction was, "What? They went to Thailand?" Like nobody knew that. Everyone knew about Shanghai, but nobody knew about Bangkok as well.
0: I wonder if they're doing, like, two tasks in uh, Shanghai and then, like, a couple in Bangkok, so that maybe one of the tasks was at the Canadian Embassy, so no one really knew, where they chose really, like, I don't know, obscure locations.
1: I think, just looking at the press pictures for next week, I think there's only one task in Shanghai.
0: That Montreal Deli thing that was showing on the clue? It is not a spoiler, since it was shown at the end of this episode when Andrew and Ebony opened up their clue, but they are going to a Montreal Deli t- truck... ...in Shanghai and have to repeat the Cinerama Mandarin phrase from the task at the start of this episode.
1: Yeah, given that there's at least two, at least three tasks actually in Bangkok... ...I can't see there being that many in Shanghai.
0: No, it's probably just, they're probably just taking that high-speed train to Shanghai... ...one more Cinerama plug, and then everyone's strolling on the same flight to Bangkok.
1: There is an amazing active route info that I've seen. It's not the one that was shown in the preview? No, it wasn't shown in the preview, this one. It's one that you will absolutely adore, mainly for our callback jokes. I'm not sure whether to talk about it this week or next week. (laughs)
0: Let's see, the CTV press pictures may be a bit obscure for this podcast. Most people will just be familiar with what was shown at the end of the preview, which was the Hussein Memorial task of (laughs) being on a surfboard and falling off repeatedly over and over and over again.
1: I might tease it a little bit later, because there's a press picture I've seen that just made me go, oh my god, that is awesome. (laughs) And it's an Amazing Race 26 callback as well.
0: All right, so enough about next episode, let's briefly recap the previous episode. Previously on the Amazing Race Canada, team's race to the Kootenays, three express passes... And then we hear the Courtney's orgasm again when she received the express pass. Karen's yelling. Zed and Shabir's surprise finish, which is also a mildly insulting uh, way to phrase it by John Montgomery. What? Zed and Shabir finished it first? And then uh, Kenneth and Ryan's quote-unquote strategic move, or pretty much the most obvious move to make in the situation they were in. And then, of course, Megan and Courtney... Doing, pulling the old Anders from Workaholics and going home with an express pass. And now we get to go to more exciting stuff, as should Shabir opened up the clue, and straight up it says, go to the Great Wall of China, not Selkirk College.
1: Yeah, I'm worried that they're setting us up to try and like Kevin and Ryan, with all the praise that they're getting in the previously ons, like them being strategic and, you know, all that sort of great stuff. We gave the
0: express pass to a team that we knew was not going to use it when we were both going to be in a tie for last place. We knew that was going to happen all along. No, you didn't know that, Kenneth and Ryan. Shut up. And I love how we recorded last week's podcast on a
1: Friday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning. I love how everything came out of the woodwork about that episode afterwards. Like the fact that one of them studied at Selkirk College for two years.
0: Two years! And then Kenneth and Ryan thought they were in a... Apparently, Kenneth and Ryan have been doing recaps on their YouTube channel for the first three weeks. I've sadly been watching portions of the recaps since it's the only real behind-the-scenes running videos that any of the teams have been uploading this season. It's like, they kind of won my attention by default in that sense. But I guess after the third episode aired, they had to delete all of their YouTube videos. But I guess somebody out there saved them onto their computer and have been mirroring them elsewhere online.
1: Will it... Hold my attention more than Curt and
0: Shelley's does. Oh, I don't know. That's a tough one. I think you're going to have to watch for yourself, Michael, to make that determination.
1: Oh god, I I really don't want to. I've been downvoting anyone on Reddit who posts them, because I really don't care.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so, Shabir, is it just me or Shabir turning more and more into Aziz and Zari's dad from Master of None? I've not seen that show... (laughs) You've never seen Master of
1: None? No, I love Aziz Ansari as well, I mean...
0: Yeah, I was about to say, you watch Parks and Recreation, you're like a die-hard Parks and Rec fan, but Master of None is considered like the best comedic show on Netflix in the past couple of years, which means it's the best show in the past couple of years.
1: You know my love of Parks and Rec, and I mean, I don't know whether we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but when I was in America, me and my brother, I got my brother into Parks and Rec six months before we went to uh, went to Boston, originally, and then when we were in LA, we decided to do a pilgrimage to Pasadena, where they film most of Parks and Rec, at least the outside shots, with a plush of Lil Sebastian, both wearing Parks and
0: Rec t-shirts. No regrets. But yeah, it's kind of, to explain Aziz and Zari's dad in Master of None. It's his real dad that plays him, right? In real life, the guy's not an actor, but he means like th- he was just brought onto the show, and he does pl- play Aziz and Zari's dad in the show too. And he has that this really like quirky sense of humor where it's like he kind of embarrasses his son in a way, and then but it's more of just slightly embarrassing himself. And it, he just he's only in it a couple of times, but he pretty much becomes everyone's favorite character by the end of the first season. Did you
1: see the picture of Shabir surfing from next week?
0: No, did you?
1: I think you may have sent it to me. I did send it to you definitely, but I'm not sure if you've seen it yet. It's
0: amazing. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't fall as much as Hussein did at the end of Amazing Race Asia 4.
1: Like, I know I've been hard on production in terms of the press pictures being so low-res and so low-quality this year, but the past two weeks they've knocked it out of the park. This week's ones were amazing,
0: next week's ones are also great. It's like they put all their effort into the international legs.
1: Yeah, and interestingly, they've still not confirmed what the fast-forward task is. There's no pictures from the fast-forward task. There's an active route info in there, and there's one side of the detour, and that's it.
0: It's got to be something big, considering that this is the first fast-forward they've done in two years. Or the first fast-forward any version of the Amazing Race has really done in a while. What about Asia? Asia Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the American version had the one last season. That was its first one in a while, and that was that huge skydiving task. And then Asia, what was Asia's last year? Asia was the Rice Bowl's. Oh, yeah. Oh, it could be that one again, I guess. They're in Thailand. Well, the hint that they've given
1: is it's something to do with kicking. Kicking. Yeah. Which means, because it's Amazing Race Canada, it'll be a sport of some description.
0: It'll be kicking James Duffy in the balls over and over and over again. And then whoever is the first team that makes them quit the task is the team that gets the fast forward.
1: Yeah, until he screams
0: uncle. Until he screams uncle. Yes, to fit in with the Beijing uh, masseuse task.
1: (laughs) And also, more information that came out this week, had Aaron and Dev made it into round four, they wouldn't have got China visas.
0: They said they, they, supposedly they might get temporary ones, but yeah, they were rejected visas to China before filming, and it makes you wonder, how are they allowed to be on this season if they can't even race for beyond leg three were they that certain that Aaron and Deb were going to be gone in the first three eliminations surely production should have
1: you know not cast them on a season that features going to China
0: I wonder if it was just so last minute that they couldn't really justify cutting down the season to nine teams but didn't have a reserve team either and I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that next year they will most certainly have a team in reserve
1: yeah yeah Do you know what the decoy locations were for um, Amazing Race 29? Because they did ask Brooke and Scott.
0: Uh, no, I didn't know.
1: There weren't any. Because they went to so many places that they didn't need visas for, they only had two visas. One was Brazil and one was Vietnam and that was it.
0: Oh, so no mystery there. Yeah.
1: And, yeah, before teams go to the Great Wall of China, they do have to go to Cinerava's office in Vancouver.
0: (laughs) Fourth Vancouver visit in five seasons.
1: (laughs) That's hilarious. And they also get $650 on
0: their card for this leg. Which, Andrea, did you read that article? Yeah, Andrea and Ebony burned through that money. I'm surprised that wasn't mentioned in the episode at all, because that would seem like a storyline that would fit in for a team that comes in last on the leg. So what do you think happened, Michael? Because they said it pretty much happened at the... It was the drive to the Great Wall where they burned all that money, right? Yeah, about 60 kilometres from the centre of Beijing. Yeah, so they clearly wouldn't have had that much money to get back. No. Because in the article, they talked about how production was freaking out because they've never... The Masonry's Race Canada, for those of you who don't know, gives out a huge amount of money at the start of each leg compared to any other version. It's pretty much impossible to run out of money on Amazing Race Canada. Like, I think, what was it, season three, we totaled it up and they had like $6,000, I think? Yeah, it was a lot of money in season three, definitely. Just an obscene amount to where you could be, you could be racing very comfortably in between route markers if you wanted to. And we actually have a situation where a team is able to burn through this huge obscene amount of money that they're given, and then I guess production did not see this coming at all, much like Aaron and Deb's visas, that they were... I think the article mentioned that they were thinking about giving Andrew and Ebony enough money just to get by to the pit stop, which seems like it'd be semi-illegal in the rules, but if they give out so much money in Amazing Race Canada that there's kind of like a unofficial, unwritten rule that no team is allowed to run out, then maybe that's possible, but yeah. I- I'm curious what your thoughts are, Michael.
1: Well... It's quite impressive that they're the first team that we know of in Amazing Race Canada to actually run out of money. But also, fun fact, they get even more money for next Nextlag.
0: Did you do the conversion? Because they said it was in yen.
1: Yeah, I've just done the, the conversion. It's the equivalent of 837 Canadian
0: dollars. So they saw the mistake that Andrea and Ebony made and were like, well, they'd have to overpay a lot of cabs to have this happen to them again.
1: The best thing about this is the fact that they can spend so much money on giving teams money for the legs and not running out, that they then don't do more than three international legs anymore.
0: All I'm going to say is, is that Andrew and Ebony's cab driver has probably eaten very well since, <laughs> since that cab ride.
1: If he was getting $650, then yes, yes he was.
0: In China, it's customary to tip the taxi driver 500%. <laughs> Either that, or, or
1: the taxi driver in Canada managed to rob them blind as well.
0: If I were Andrew Debony, from now on, I would only want to travel in cities that have an Uber, because <laughs> it's the only way they're going to avoid situations like this in the future. That's what Uber is for.
1: <laughs> and then they inherit Megan and Courtney's title of um, of doing the terrible product placement as well for the card at the airport.
0: And Karen and Bert inherited Megan and Courtney's inability to open doors at the Vancouver airport.
1: They've even been through that airport. They should know that the airport doors are rubbish.
0: Multiple times!
1: (laughs) This episode was the first one where I was actually looking forward to watching it. I was saying this to the guy who sits next to me at work because he's an Amazing Race fan. I'm like, I know I've been hate-watching Amazing Race Canada, but I'm actually reasonably looking forward to this one because I've seen the press pictures and it looks awesome. And because of all the fun stuff that I know is going to happen, it's rare that an Amazing Race Canada episode can actually make me
0: excited. And Corey and Ivana, of course, when they pick up their Sanorama thing, we get the scene of them re explaining their panda dynamic.
1: Yeah. Panda doesn't mean what you
0: think it means, guys. There's, t- yes, as Big Brother 19 has proven, but there's two th- hilarious things that will become running jokes out of it where they talk about inclusion, equality, and diversity. And when they have the slow Chinese taxi driver, Ivana says, can he even see?" She said that about the Chinese taxi driver. <laughs> I'm thinking, I know what she was meaning. But boy, oh boy, did that come out really offensive. And then they were saying, oh yeah, the panda thing. This is going to mean good luck. Meanwhile, they're going to be dead last for pretty much the entire leg. They're going to have the worst taxi driver ever. And Ivana's going to have severe back pain to the point that she nearly quits this episode.
1: Yeah, and then to top it all off, they only get out of last place because of a complete luck task.
0: Well, not complete luck task. Mm. About 60% luck? 70? You've still got to, like, match up. There's a lot of symbols there to where you could easily skip it over a couple times.
1: Yeah, but it was heavily influenced by whichever um, prescription you picked at the start. Like, Kevin got one that was a draw pretty much straight in front of him at the start, for example. Right. So,
0: yeah, it was a little bit of
1: a luck task. It wasn't a classic luck task like the hay bales. It was a bit of a luck task.
0: Yeah, that's why I said, like 60, let me we'll go 70% luck. And, um, yeah, Corey Nirvana's cab is slow. Five kilometres an hour on a highway. And it wasn't even a classic Beijing traffic jam. He was just driving that slow.
1: But then to top it all off, they get out of the car on a slip road of the motorway.
0: Yeah, that wasn't really mentioned in the episode either, but they covered it in the article that the one newspaper put online, saying like they weren't even sure if what Corey Ivana did was legal.
1: No, I don't think it was. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not a lot more they could do about it. No. I mean, this, this leg was just sort of preparing me to go to Beijing next year.
0: I have a question. When Kenneth and Ryan and Andrew and Ebony departed, they were shown as being five minutes apart, yet the previous episode was a sprint to the pit stop.
1: Yeah, someone got a time credit.
0: Yeah, or or a time yeah, a time penalty one of the two. Maybe one team was caught speeding or ran a red light or something, and because of all the... Considering half of the last episode was dedicated to express passes and the fact there was four tasks last episode too meant that certain things had to be cut out.
1: Kevin and Ryan probably got a time credit for being Monty's favorite team. Yeah,
0: they're my favorite boys. Also, can
1: we discuss Zed's amazing Monty impression? Yes, he is spot on with it. That was awesome. I know that's skiffing ahead a lot, but still, I was well impressed.
0: Or when Shabir's is trying to compare Mandarin to hen singing, when Zed gives that really deadpan look at the camera, where he's like, he's not, he's not impressed.
1: I wasn't that high on Zed and Shabir. Preseason, I really like them now. They're not my favourite team because that's still Adam and Andrea, but I like them a lot.
0: It's pretty much like Adam and Andrea and Andrea and Ebony and then Zen and Shabir are probably my top three right now.
1: Let's see whether they actually make it to the top three.
0: Uh, Probably not. Um, let's see. Oh, and did you notice the overused shot of the Great Wall of China that they used multiple times when it was clearly taken on a different day?
1: Yeah, because there was not enough smug there.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's like I'm pretty sure in all the other shots of this episode, it was the smoggiest atmosphere I have ever seen of any leg on The Amazing Race. And I've been to LA. Which is totally a city, by the way. Yes. But yeah, that smog was, was ridiculous. The smog's pretty bad in Beijing, from what I've heard at the moment. Yeah, I know some other people have gone there in Shanghai. And Shanghai, I think, is supposed to be just as bad as Beijing, if not like the worst city in the world when it comes to smog.
1: I think Beijing's supposed to be worse. Not 100%, but I think it is.
0: It would make sense, but then Shanghai has been a lot more industrialised over the past, what is it, 10-15 years? Where it's just non-stop growth? But, I mean, it's all, at that point, you can't really, you probably don't even notice that much of a difference between the two in terms of smog. No matter what, you're going to struggle breathing.
1: Fun fact, the Cinerama pack actually included face masks as well.
0: Really? No. <laughs> I, I'm, it was believable enough to be true.
1: Oh, face masks.
0: I wonder if, Eb- if it was a face mask, if it meant that Ebony could have had that. And she has a kitty face mask. I wonder if Cinerama would have given her a panda face mask.
1: Quite possibly. May- maybe Corey and Ivana had one of them. Yes.
0: And then Ebony got really jealous. Like, really jealous. So, um, of course, Andrew and Ebony get the title of the episode with the It's a Butt Workout. Thank you to Mike Bickerton for making that the episode title for when anybody tries to search that online in their web history.
1: The episode titles have been pretty bad this season, let's be honest.
0: We've butt workouts and pythons in the episode titles. Like, come on, guys.
1: Yeah, mostly because Kevin and Ryan were responsible for the first two of them. But yeah, it's not been a great one for episode titles.
0: Didn't Gino and Jesse have a butt episode title as well in season three? I'm I'm being completely serious when I say this. Oh yeah, it's the. It was the. I can't believe I remember this. Why, why? this is the first thing I associate with Gina and Jesse this week? But it was the Okanagan task from season three when they go under the the, the wires. Can't
1: even remember what the episode it was for that one.
0: I think it was him talking about his butt being too big or something like. It was something along those lines for the episode title. Anyways, moving on. It's not when Shabir... Not only was it he comparing it to hen singing as a way to memorise the words for the Mandarin on the tour task, but it sounded like he was uttering names of famous ping pong players. I love that Karen and Bert just turned it into a rap. <laughs> Everything's a rap to Karen and Bert. Dirk Gritty is really, you know, he's got he's got the guns and the rhymes.
1: And for the first time all season, Adam and Andrea actually uh, managed to reach the first task in first. Yes!
0: Yes. Yes. Shay, shay, nay. Shay, shay, nay. Maybe not
1: as promising when they leave the task, but you know, promising enough.
0: Chris Tucker from Rush Hour did a better job with Mandarin than Adam and Andrea did, I think. Shay I've never heard of Shishini pronounced that. Shay Shay <laughs> Watch me whip. Watch me shay Yeah. <laughs> watch me whip. Now watch me shay Now break your legs. Or in Ivana's case, break her back.
1: Yeah. So, at the Great Wall, teams have to lead a tour of the Great Wall in three different languages to receive their next clue. And uh, Adam and Andrea have an immediate advantage
0: because they speak French. Yay! As well as the other Quebecois Alliance member, Andrea and Ebony. Because Ebony's a TV host.
1: Kevin and Ryan,
0: not speaking French as much. No. (laughs) Not so much. Yeah, the West Coast teams had a bit tougher of a time.
1: Yeah, given that their second language is probably like Hindi.
0: Um, the fourth language it wasn't aired, but the fourth language would have real really given Megan and Courtney an edge is that Newfie was the fourth language, and they and everyone just failed at it, so they just cut that one out and just kept it to the three.
1: And because this is a product placement task, we also have a judge there who's going. I'm sorry, you're not up to Cinerama standards.
0: Yes. The application pool, thousands of—it's like applying for Amazing Race Canada. Thousands of people apply, but only ten make it on.
1: And uh, Andrew and Ebony actually won a, an unaired prize for being the best at the Cinerama task. They won a free panda. A free panda. Yes. A real panda. Um,
0: it's such a Chinese thing to have happen, where it's like it's not where it's like you're not up to Cinerama standard. It's, where it's very strict. That's the most Asian thing to possibly come out of this episode.
1: I mean, when Cinerama came on as sponsors, we kind of knew that there was going to be a China visit and that more than likely there would be a terrible product placement task, and they lived up to everything.
0: Cinerama, we the best. We only employ the best tour guides. Nobody messes up. They can speak ten languages. They can speak more languages than Alex Liang. No one can speak more languages than Alex Liang, at least according to Alex Liang. In other words, shout out to Alex Liang. Let's see, Andrew and Ebony finish the task in first. They win their Panda. And we get another Canadian Embassy task on International League in Amazing Race Canada, which from now on, this is like the ideal way to integrate Canada into Amazing Race Canada, would be they travel abroad and they have like one Canadian Connection each episode. And this week, the Canadian Connection is going to an embassy to interrupt a weekly game of field hockey. And they even play the CBC Hockey Night in Canada theme. I believe that's the theme. I don't really watch uh, ice hockey at all, but it sounded like it.
1: Sooner rather than later, we were going to have a Canadian embassy task, and maybe they put that in purely in case Aaron and Deb actually got on and they had to visit
0: the embassy anyway. <laughs> How convenient. First round marker, guys. It wasn't originally planned, but uh, we kind of need to not have a million non-elimination legs at the end of the season.
1: Active route info. Go be interrogated by a Chinese official for two hours.
0: I've heard of what happens when you're interrogated by Chinese officials for a couple hours at an airport, and it is not a fun experience. I shall keep that in
1: mind, and try not to swear at my brother too much when we're there.
0: I should note that, if you're lucky, the guards uh, at the customs there, if they don't speak any English, and you don't have a travel visa to get into the country... I know from my friend Katie that they'll just keep yelling at you, hoping you speak Mandarin, but if you don't speak any Mandarin at all, they'll just give you that three day temporary visa stamp and you're good to go. Just make sure you get out of China by the end of those three days. And is it just me I finally compared Sam Paul to people in pop culture? Like when especially when they're they were doing in InSync before the InSync detour with the tour guides where they were just doing it completely in unison, which I must say it was probably an easy way to remember all the words, but it was just so funny to watch. And just their whole all their reactions in the task and getting the clue reminded me a lot of those uh, reporter guys from the TV show American Dad. What was with the music when Sam and Paul were doing their attempts? It was very Disney. It was very Sound of Music is what I wrote down.
1: It sounded like the pipes music you'd hear when walking down Main Street USA in Disney. It genuinely did. I wouldn't be surprised if it is.
0: When the dog bites... When Gong Chao Pings, (laughs) these are a few of my Chinese things.
1: Also, I've been racking my brain as to who uh, Paul looks like for weeks, and someone finally pointed it out on Reddit last night. He looks like Dr. Will, pre-Botox. Pre-Botox Will, yes. It's scary, and it finally sort of twigged when someone said it. I was like, he does, actually. Wow, that explains it.
0: Yeah, somebody should do a face-by-face comparison. It will be startling. Oh, it is like as soon as uh, I think it, it was in my circling my mind in weeks, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Then as soon as that person posted online, I'm like, "That's who I was thinking of."
1: Yeah, it, it's quite impressive. So thank you to that person on Reddit for finally finding it get out because it's been annoying me for three weeks.
0: When Corey and Ivana get to the tour task, Ivana says that she had the worst cab ro- ca- cab driver, not only in China but in the world. But it's like. Eh? I think it's still better than James and Abba's uh, cab driver. At least their cab driver didn't steal their passports and all their possessions. And wasn't associated with the Mafia that we know of. Yes. Um, I love that Corey and Ivana get booed by the tour group, by the way. Boo! Yeah, that booing was so piped in. Yeah. It's like they were at a weekly field hockey embassy game. A friendly... I love how the clue said it's a friendly hockey game. So, like, you don't see people getting jerseyed and beating the shit out of each other uh, uh, in the first period. No Canadian hockey game is ever friendly. And how was Zed homesick? He's been gone for barely 24 hours. Like, oh, man. If that. (laughs) Yeah, probably not even 24 hours. It's like, how the hell is that possible, Zed? How?
1: They'd been in China for probably about two hours by that point.
0: Yeah. It's like, man, I really miss home. It seems so far away. After spending the first three legs in Canada.
1: Even if it was like a 10, 12 hour flight, that's still a lot less than a day.
0: But man, it was nice to get that slice from home.
1: (laughs) It's like the Canadian embassy is not even going to be that patriotic.
0: It's like Ness from Earthbound takes longer to get homesick in that that video game. And then here's Zed, it's like two seconds, and he's like, oh man, I really miss home, if only I was on season one of Amazing Race Canada. I can understand it with an
1: American embassy reminding you of home where it's like marble statues of bald eagles and things, which genuinely exist in Singapore, by the way. The Singaporean, or the American embassy in Singapore, is exactly how you imagine an American embassy to be. It's all like granite and marble statues of bald eagles and that sort of stuff. It's really, you can tell which one the American is. Oh, yeah. Gigantic American flags.
0: In in Lisbon, the Canadian embassy, they have to share it with like five other countries. Fun fact,
1: every Canadian embassy does have a Tim Hortons in it. Really? No. (laughs) I'm getting you with all the fake news this week. Yes. Although I don't know whether I've told you this, there is a rumour of where the second Tim Hortons in the UK is going to be, and it's about a mile from my work.
0: I bet you're stoked for that.
1: Oh, yes. The guy who's an Amazing Race fan who I sit next to, He's also a fan of Tim Hortons. So we're both like, yes, we're doing a pilgrimage.
0: You're twinsies. Yeah, we really are. So if we get to the. It's already dark out before we even get to the detour. Night leg? Yes. And for some reason, for this whole episode, John Montgomery is not demonstrating any of the tasks, which I think is a first for him. I guarantee Monty will be
1: uh, demonstrating the surfing task next week.
0: He's going to do a woo. He's going to do a woo. Everyone else is doing NSYNC, but John Montgomery gets to do a Woo. Do you reckon him and Woo would get on? I do. Get on or get it on? No, get on. Get
1: on, yes. I don't yes. want to see him get it on. That's something completely different. That's Amazing Race After Dark.
0: Jesus, I don't even know how to follow that. Okay, um, so the detour, um, Keisha and Chen Hoffman's tears, uh, start going because the amazing, classic Amazing Race 14 uh, Olympic diving task is brought back, and... At least the other task didn't involve long-distance swimming, because the other task is a dance. It took them four episodes this year, but we finally get our first dance and or rhythm task of the season. All other seasons, it always happens within the first three episodes, but here, we make it all the way to episode four. Yep. Country mixed with flash mob. What the hell is that?
1: Not the hardest dance task they've ever done, I don't think. No. Would be my answer to that.
0: It seemed like the diving this episode was easier than the diving in Amazing Race 14.
1: Well, yeah, because they actually had a
0: guide this time, rather than just saying, Have fun! Bye-bye! Jump off this five-meter board! <laughs> Don't die! And they had a different point system. I believe in Amazing Race 14 was just they had to score three or higher with all three judges. Here it's just a combined total of 20 points or more on a scale of one to ten for all three judges.
1: I thought it had to be a perfect score for Amazing Race 14. Perfect? I think it was.
0: Oh. I'm pretty sure it was a perfect score that they needed. My apologies.
1: Apology accepted, you typical Canadian.
0: So, Andrea, of course, has a fear of heights, so she doesn't want to do it. And we get the most colourful clothes possible, as Adam looks like he is Andre from the League. Especially in that hat. And when Curran and Bert dress up, Bert, I think, steals one of uh, Cardinal officials' hats from one of his music videos.
1: The Adam pitcher doing this task was one of the press pictures, and I sent it around to literally everyone I knew who was watching this season, because that is one of the best press pictures I've ever seen. It made me giggle so much.
0: A feather boa combined with a yellow pimp hat. Hilarious. Hilarious, Adam. Like he's going to start a Beijing escort service by the end of this episode. Uh, for the... First half of the Amazing
1: Race 14 detour, by the way, it was... Um, they had to score a five from the judges in order to obtain their next clip. Oh, okay. I think it was five out of five, so... Um, yeah, I, I just loved the press pictures, because it was just... It was only them and Karen and
0: Bert, who we saw in the press pictures. And then Corey and Yvonne get there ten hours later. Yeah, and Andrea and Ebony weren't shown doing it either. Oh, right, because they switched too. Well, 2 detour switches this season... You know, Andrew and Ebony and Megan and Courtney, after the first time they switched to Detour and got nearly eliminated, both teams said they would never switch Detours again. And yet, both teams have done it once again after saying they wouldn't do it. And both teams have finished in last on that same round. Nobody's learning their lesson. Who'd have thought? <laughs> and of course, every team with the in sync task says, We're doing in sync. And uh, Andrea said it. Um, I believe Sam and Paul said it. Um, oh, Zed definitely said it. Pretty much every team—they—they they just didn't care about phrasing at all. And of course, we get the unintentional hilarious quote from Sam, where he says that uh, his parents both have diving in their blood, and that he—that means he has diving in his blood. And it made me think of Greg Louganis when he did that failed jump from the '88 Olympics with that dive, where, where blood where the blood actually spilled out. So hopefully Sam's blood actually stays in, unlike Greg Loganus.
1: And fun fact, um, Godfrey Manguiza was watching this episode and said that he wanted Sam's blood on these hands. <laughs>
0: Hilarious. And then, yeah, we get the awful shot of, of uh, Shabir picking away at his speedo. Um, I-, I love how the theme of the international
1: legs just seems to be, get Shabir in as little clothing as is physically possible and make him look
0: so awkward. <laughs> and then they had to do like this weird, like robot arm- arms thing before they dove. Or as Mark Doyle pointed out, synchronized falling.
1: And I love how the um, just going back to the Canadian Embassy task as well. Adam did have an out of context, inappropriate quote where he said, um, "I want to play with you guys." <laughs> yes, i like Adam. You're so lucky. I'm not doing the face cream clip this week because that would feature.
0: <laughs> and Ebony does one of the best belly flops I think I've ever seen in my life. That task is designed just to make people wince. It really is. Yeah. I'm not capable of doing it. No. Je suis pas capable de faire. <laughs> Je ne suis pas capable.
1: <laughs> and then the best thing is, they come back from the ad break after that, and she's just like saying it in English, I have no idea where they got the French from. <laughs> <laughs> that just adds to the fun for me, it really does.
0: Why does Adam only dance in the dark? So that no one could see him dancing, probably. He just likes to dance by himself. He's like uh, David Bowie and Mick Jagger.
1: He's dancing on his own. To quote Robin.
0: Um, let's see. Oh, the dance, the dancing task. Another hilarious component of it. The no lady. The no lady. No, 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 no. That that she was pretty good. But one of my other favorite parts is that the way that everyone was configured made it look like one of those uh, Richard Simmons uh, sweating to the oldies uh, mixtapes.
1: And the guy leading the dance was so enthusiastic. Yes.
0: He didn't care about Ivana's back pain. He didn't care that Adam was embarrassed. He was going to lead that troop no matter what. Yeah, and look fabulous. <laughs> yes, looked very fab.
1: And it is Zed and Shavir who leaves sync in first with a score of 22 out of 30. Ren Tang, Ren Tang, is the next route marker. And teams must now find Ren Tang to get their next clue.
0: That's one of the most awesome names for a place ever on The Amazing Race. Renny Tang. And surprisingly, the Roblox is not referred to as an ancient Chinese secret.
1: No. And the, the best thing is, Zed and Chevier's success is immediately followed up by Salmon and Paul getting a big fat nothing.
0: Yes. Well, because they decided to do a flip rather than a flop or a fall. <laughs> it's all in his blood, but it's wow at that belly flop. <laughs> we were good up until the actual dive. Yeah, we
1: were good for everything apart from, you know, the bit that matters. <laughs> the, the bit, bit that, that We were
0: good at everything except the part that we were being judged on before this task. Like, just give us that participation ribbon right now. You know, Dr. Will, that's what thats what he's all about. Even though Sam is the one that's trying to be the doctor. From what I've
1: heard, when you're on a five-meter platform or a three-meter platform, all you've got to do is literally just sort of lean off with and keep your arms straight, and then you will just flip and go straight into the water correctly. If you move... You'll hurt yourself, from what I've heard.
0: From uh, Alex Lee gang,
1: No, from, like, various diving videos that I've seen. You watch diving videos? They have come up on my YouTube before of, like, teaching people how to dive, and it's hilarious to see people belly flop.
0: Have you seen the guy who does, like, the world's, like, highest belly flop into a really small pool of water? That, it makes me wince
1: when I see that sort of stuff.
0: I've seen it a few times. It's been, like, ten years, but, uh... The one guy has, like, the world record, and that's some, like, 40- or 50-year-old dude who does it. Another great
1: video is the guy who, over Memorial Day weekend, I think it was, taught himself how to backflip. And it, he just constantly hits his neck, and it is so wince-inducing.
0: Oh, man.
1: His entire, sort of, torso and neck is just bright red after about six hours of doing it.
0: Six hours?
1: Yeah. He tried for six hours, he managed to do it eventually, but it looked so sore. <laughs> and I feel bad for laughing at someone else's misfortune,
0: but wowzers. Let's see, when Sam and Paul fail the last time before they succeed, for some reason they cut to one of the judges just staring at them, which was a really awkward shot to see.
1: I like about how the unmentioned element of the diving task is that their guides just record it on an iPad for them. <laughs>
0: yes, Shared to, what's that Chinese YouTube website? Weibo? Yeah, Weibo. It's going to be shared to Weibo. Canadians attempting to dive off platform. Guys, I just want some home movies. It's kind of funny because uh, Douglas Coupland, an author who I've referenced multiple times on this podcast, um, there is actually, um, his, his one book takes place in Vancouver, and they go over to this one guy's house in Chinatown, and the main character really embarrasses himself. I think this is in the book J-Pod. So then they, uh, the one guy records it, and he becomes like one of the highest uh, trending videos in uh, China because he like botches up karaoke really badly. So it's kind of funny that this, you know, a Douglas Coupland concept gets uh, gets transferred over to Amazing Race Canada, where contestants are being recorded onto an iPad and inevitably shared onto Weibo.
1: I mean, I know with Monty being there, they kind of have to do as many Olympic tasks as they can. It's my dream, boys. Rule 14 of Monty's Fight Club, you have to be an Olympian. He didn't even do it. But is diving really the best Olympic task that they could recreate?
0: Maybe they'll do like the Tar 29 grease task and just have them run around an Olympic track.
1: Surely they saw the Amazing Race 14 version of this and the fact that nobody completed it. And the Amazing Race China version of this, where nobody completed it. Oh, nobody did it in Amazing Race China either? I don't think so. As far as I know, nobody completed that side of the detour. Hmm. It's a brutal task.
0: As Ivana's back showed. Yeah.
1: And it's Kevin and Ryan who leave in second with a score of 20 out of 30. They just scrape it through. Typical. And Sam and Paul leave in third with the best score of the task, which is 25 out of 30. And by this point of the episode, we also have four givers. Four. What's our total? It's just four this week, but it we're in the twenties now, definitely.
0: Do we have a rank count? Uh,
1: well, it's fifteen, then two, and then seven. I think it was last week. Yeah. So twenty-eight. So twenty-eight, yeah. Which is an average of a seven an episode now. <laughs>
0: And then Adam and Andrea complete the dancing detour where Andrea says that uh, Adam has sick dance moves, bro. I don't know when uh, Andrea turned into a fraternity, but uh, okay.
1: Bro, sick dance moves.
0: And then of course, when Andrea and Ebony finish the dancing task, we somehow get the Amazing Race 4 finishing point music uh, revived.
1: I love Adam and Andrea so much. This is another great week for them in terms of proving that they can kick ass and take names.
0: Yes, when they don't have to come up with their own directions.
1: I mean, Adam at the Roadblock was pretty damn good. Entered fifth, came out
0: third. Yeah, although it was a majority luck-based task. Yeah, but still,
1: I'm going to give them all the credit
0: because I want them to win. I really wish at the Roadblock, when teams have to match up the Chinese characters to the prescription drug and having to measure each drug out, I really wish that it was like, you know, cocaine, weed, just... You know, methamphetamines. That would have been hilarious. I'm not sure Amazing Race Canada could get away with that. I think they could get away with weed. I think weed they could have gotten away with. And then Kenneth and Ryan would have been like, oh man, it's good taste of Nelson right here. Now it's nine grams.
1: Yeah, especially with um, with them showing the powders and stuff up close. I'm not sure that they could get away with it.
0: And... It's time to head to the pit stop with the Beijing Drum Tower, thanks to Sam's couple of Sam's lucky breaks where he's able to leapfrog ahead of Shabir. And it's, yeah, it's off to the drum tower, which I well, believe was... not What? They never
1: called it a pit stop.
0: No? <sighs>
1: nope. They said, go find John at the drum tower.
0: Didn't it say pit stop in the clue that they opened up? Nope. Okay.
1: Because this was a double land leg. This is the point where Logan and I are going to argue mercilessly, <laughs> because I have always said that if the host says As Monty did word for word say this leg isn't over, it's a double end leg. It's not a, um, a keep on racing leg.
0: Yeah, I don't really care enough. Non-elimination el-
1: is a non-elimination. You're supposed to argue with me over the hiss. <laughs>
0: Yeah, which is why I'm not.
1: This is our traditional argument whenever there is a a quote-unquote keep on racing leg. Some of them are keep on racing legs, like the Amazing Race 29 one. Some of them, like this one where the host says, this leg's not over, are not keep on racing legs, they're double-end legs. And that's my argument. This was actually leg four part one, next week is leg four part two. Which does mean we get a three-country leg. Crazy. Hmm. I love how we didn't even sort of explain the roadblock at all.
0: Well, I mean, they watched the episode.
1: Well, yeah, it's, it's Shabir, Kevin, Sam, Karen, Adam, Ebony, and Corey doing the roadblock. I'll at least say that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I kind of explained it earlier, saying they had to match up the symbols to the what's on the drawers, and then once they match up uh, all three sets of symbols, so three different drawers, each one reveals an ingredient needed that they have to measure out for a medicine, and then once all three ingredients which are are correctly measured out, then they receive their next clue. There you go.
1: And I wonder who would have been doing this roadblock had we been on, been on Amazing
0: Race Canada. Maybe the guy who works in a pharmacy, a.k.a. moi, also known as me. Which detour would you have chosen, by the way? I uh, probably would have chosen sync. I mean, it's water. I love water. And I don't like dancing that much, especially not if it's country mixed with flash mob. Do you not think that the diving would have been a bit hard? I think I could have done it.
1: Because you're not really that in sync with your partner in terms of the diving unless you're about the same height and the same speed and the same athleticism it would have been very hard for a, a mismatched team to do it that's true
0: which is why we only saw three
1: teams was it complete
0: they should have had this in family edition when you had four people have to do this task all together have all four gaggans just uh, jumping off a platform yeah let's just get random parents to be in speedos
1: in front of their children what could possibly go wrong <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Sam and Paul checking in first, and they win a legitimately quite good prize. One of the best prizes we've seen on Amazing Race for a long while. Probably one of the best prizes ever. 15 day trip through multiple cities in a country. Arguably, it was kind of predictable given that, you know, Cinerama basically sponsored the entire leg, but this is a legitimately good prize. It's better than Chicago. Chicago is going to be my
0: new standard for stupid leg prices, by the way. Did you see uh, Zed responded to me when I made fun of Chicago as his leg prize? I didn't, know. So um, somebody was saying, oh, that, you know, they get 15 days and Zed only got uh, a Chicago trip. Then Zed responded to those comments on the Mason Race uh, Facebook page. And then I said, well, what if Jose Bautista gets traded to the Chicago White Sox or the Chicago Cubs? Then it's not so bad. And he said, I don't think he's going to get traded. But just in case, I do have a White Sox and a Cubs hat ready to be worn in case that happens.
1: And did you see that Bickerton likes one of my tweets? Bickerton, sworn enemy of the podcast, liked one of my tweets.
0: He's liked several of my tweets this season. I think I'm beating you so far.
1: Yeah, but it's not competitive at all when it comes to Bickerton, because everyone knows that Bickerton hates me. Mainly because I we have had many arguments on Twitter about Amazing Race Canada being reluctant to go international.
0: So what was the? This was the tweet about Adam and Andrea, if I recall correctly. This was the the tweet of
1: the wonderful picture of Adam at the Detour. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, Bickerton actually likes my tweet for once, which is rare. Yeah, he didn't tell you
0: to screw off or anything.
1: No, he's my equivalent of James Dothy.
0: Let's see, uh, second place goes to Zed and Shabir. They barely miss out on claiming Chicago and a 15-day trip in China. I wonder which one I'd rather take. (laughs) And then after uh, Adam completes the Roblox, Andrea spanks him for some reason, which was kind of weird to see on camera. Um, Then they finish in third, and then uh, Corey and Ivana say they're caught up as if they're Usher. And then when Karen completes the Roblox. The scream she has when when she completes the task sounds a lot like Feilong's victory uh, scream from Street Fighter. Exact same. Karen's apparently a Hong Kong mixed martial arts expert. And one
1: point on when Adam and Andrea check in. um, I love that they completely blurred all the Under Armour stuff off Adam's shirt.
0: Oh, Under Armour pulled out their sponsorship of the
1: season. It just looks like he's wearing something really inappropriate because half his shirt is blurred. (laughs) It made me giggle so much because I love random blurs on Amazing Amazing Race anyway, especially when they're not supposed to be inappropriate. (laughs) And this is a great one. And yeah, Kevin and Ryan checking in in fourth and thank God Monty has stopped calling them by their obnoxious nickname. And then Karen and Bert checking in fifth.
0: And it's Corey and Ivana who check in in sixth. I love how when Corey, like when they finish the dancing task, Corey lifts up Ivana and she's like, my back, my back, my back, my back. And then when Corey finishes the roadblock, somehow Ivana doesn't have enough back pain to where she's able to jump repeatedly. And then at the pit stop, Corey looks like he wants to pick her up again and carry her another 30 feet. But because of her back, instead he just like pushes her for 20 feet. I have the exact same note written down because
1: I love that this week's recurring side joke was just that Corey keeps forgetting about Ivana's knackered back. (laughs) Yeah, Every single time he touches her, she's just like, my back, my back, my back. Stop
0: it. (laughs) At least he didn't give her a panda bear hug. Um, Andrew and Ebony, Ebony eventually finishes the roadblock, and they fawn over their cab driver in the most over-the-top and exaggerated way possible. Um, Oh, when they're in the head-to-head showdown in the cab between Andrew and Ebony and Corey and Ivana, right before the commercial break, Corey puts his arms up and folds his hands over his head as if he's showing up showing off his biceps. It is hilarious. Two tickets to the gun show. Yes. It's like, no, Bert, the real gun shows over at Team Panda. And yeah, Andrew and Ebony check in, in last place.
1: And they got the emotional speech about how they've learned so much about each other.
0: And their company will do so much better now, and this essentially turns into like an episode of Shark Tank or Dragon's Den. Yep, and Mumps says,
1: well, guys, we can't let you go back to your company just yet, because this is a double length leg. Bye-bye.
0: And also, you have to pay us back for the extra money we gave you. you. You you, took my lunch money, guys. I haven't eaten all day, and this Olympic body cannot run on empty fuel. Not even We don't even have petrol as a sponsor anymore to give me more fuel, guys.
1: And you won't like me when I'm hangry.
0: <laughs> yes. This is why I didn't have the energy... To demonstrate any of the tasks this round, guys. I mean, I, I, I'm i trying to cut back on my calories, but not by that much.
1: Why is your impression of Montego going to Valley go Girl now?
0: Because <laughs> it's a running thing now.
1: It's like, totally you stole my lunch. <laughs> Andrea and Ebony, I can't believe you did that. <laughs>
0: I didn't even... I, 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 guys, I didn't even get my can of Campbell's soup this leg either. I'm just... Oh, I'm just a, I'm just a hot mess. Do
1: you think uh, Campbell's soup is to Monty as spinach is to Popeye? Yes. He just crushes the can in his hand and just chugs
0: it all in one go. Season six, I'm running this race with olive oil.
1: And yeah, teams must now take a train to Shanghai and find Tox Montreal-style deli. And once there, they have to repeat the Mandarin phrase that they learnt in the Great Wall Challenge to get their next clue. And they have four and a half thousand Chinese yen for this leg of the race, or this part of the leg of the race. And that is equivalent to about $837, which is a lot of money.
0: That's like enough money to fly from Vancouver and Toronto round trip, courtesy of Air Canada.
1: Oh no, we don't talk about Air Canada anymore.
0: All right, what about WestJet?
1: Can we talk about WestJet? They're not explicit sponsors yet.
0: Delta Airlines.
1: I think that the reason they told us that they were going to Shanghai immediately is because the Next Time trailer features precisely nothing of Shanghai. It's all Bangkok, which is amazing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, guys, you're doing a high-speed train to Shanghai, and then staying there for about 20 minutes. Have fun.
0: I don't know, Playing with Team Giver in Bangkok.
1: Ugh. I don't want to see what sort of quote-unquote fun that Team Giver get up to in Bangkok. See ya next time. Teams do head to Bangkok and there is a fast forward in this leg of the race. Considering
0: you know and Jesse got the last amazing race can of fast forward, I'm saying my expectations very, very, very low.
1: Yeah, lower your expectations a few. And there's lots of kicking apparently. And it looks like Adam and Andrea and Kevin and Ryan both go for the fast forward. So hopefully Kevin and Ryan get eliminated.
0: Or they'll just throw in another non-elimination leg. Probably. It would be hilarious if next round is an, is another... If it turns into a triple-length leg. Like.
1: <laughs> what, they just do no rest pit stops for the rest of the season?
0: Chop-chop, yep. guys! I gotta get home for the junior championships! That would be really interesting, actually.
1: To do an entire season where there is no rest period at all. Obviously, the entirety of production would be utterly knackered,
0: but it'd be interesting. We'll just have more camera operators that can rotate on. Or really... Or, uh... Long equalizers.
1: And do you want to know what my tease for next week is? Sure. There is a picture of Adam and Andrea and Andrea and Ebony searching for a clue hidden in a Bangkok icon from the last uh, the last appearance of Bangkok in the race.
0: The Mason Race 26 one? Yeah.
1: It's one that we s- we had a lot of fun saying that Hayley would enjoy.
0: Oh, like the-, the Saturday... Oh, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There is a wonderful press picture, which I've not sent around to the group yet, of the two Montreal teams searching under cats for clues.
0: Which fits one of them can be skinned alive and become Ebony's next face, face mask.
1: But yeah, the, there is genuinely a picture of them searching a cat cafe for a clue. It's awesome. <laughs> so yeah. Who do you think is getting eliminated next week, then?
0: Uh, Andrea and Ebony. Or Karen and Bert.
1: I'm not allowed to make a prediction because I know who goes next. Okay. I know who the final six are. <laughs> I see. And yeah, should we do some uh, listener questions? Not that we got many of them, but... Let's do them. Mark Doyle asked why we saw a route marker in Vancouver before they flew to um, to China.
0: Cinerama really wants their money's worth.
1: Yeah, because Cinerama probably put it in their contract. There's no other reason for it.
0: And there would have been a long enough over, I guess... Once teams got from uh, Nelson to Vancouver for them to be like, well, this is a good way to kill time.
1: Yeah, and, and also it was just pure Cinerama sponsorship for the first half of the leg. Which is nice for them. Getting their $50,000 worth. Yes. I'm just assuming that every sponsor pays $50,000 now, by the way. <laughs> unless otherwise proven. Mark also asked, why was the Pit
0: Stop Greeter holding a cage of birds? To uh, fit in with like the bird cage or the bird nest at the Olympic... Uh stadium there in Beijing.
1: See, I thought he was a miner. I thought he was just um had a, a cage of canaries that he'd taken down coal mines previously.
0: Oh yeah. Got to keep them safe. Smog detectors. Yeah. Uh,
1: Sean Pearce said on YouTube that he thinks that the last place team that keep on racing like not keep on racing like uh, should have to have their partner subbed in for Mel White as a penalty for doing badly. <laughs> we've talked about uh, penalizing teams like that previously, I know we have like saying, you guys get to stay in the race but you get the slowest camera operators
0: yeah, you get Mel White and then the Israeli camera operators from season 1 who would Mel White replace? would he replace Andrea or Ebony? or would he be a third teammate? Uh, no, he'd be a third teammate, it'd be a three-legged race
1: basically so Mel White would be between them at all times that is an Israel-style penalty I love it
0: Does Mel White have to do the surfing task? Because yes, I would to see, see that. that. My groin.
1: Maybe one of the prizes for the leg should be that everyone has to be paired up with a former racer for the next leg of the race. But the first place team gets to pick who for each team. It's so like you have Mel White, you have Hussein off of Natasha, Jody Kelly, jo- yeah, Jody Kelly, <laughs> Bill off of Kathy.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: I was waiting to see how long it'd take you to notice that one.
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ, Michael. <laughs> I think that does it for this week. Do we have any more questions?
1: Nope, that was it. Because it was a very last minute post on the, the questions thread.
0: All right, so thank you for listening to this podcast once again. See, I bet you the guy on uh, Reddit's going to be more negative than us about this episode. And on behalf of those of us at RTV Warriors, thank you for listening, and peace out, and just chill. Till the next episode.
1: 204 podcasts.
0: Oh my goodness, guys. Zed and Shabir, you're team number one. want to play with you guys.